This episode of To Be Continued, a fanboy podcast, is brought to you by Amasta Design. Servicing clients domestic and international, Amasta is here to help you through the different phases to transform your space into a reflection of you. Go to amastadesign.com. Amasta, spelled A-M-A-S-T-A, design.com. Rolling Press, a Brooklyn Park Slope-based business that can help you print books, magazines, zines, and comics for anyone who wants to start their own thing. Rolling Press, an eco-friendly printing company. Go to www.rollingpress.com. Roro Cakes, specialty baking, little bites of yumminess, and indulgences. Follow Roro Cakes at facebook.com slash Roro Cakes. And place your order today. Last but not least, Pancake Studios cuffing your audio recordings, production, mixing, and mastering needs. Pancake Studios, set at the heart of Brooklyn, also happens to be the home of To Be Continued, a fanboy podcast. And when we started the podcast, Jonathan made a home for us here and continues to produce quality. Whether you're a musician, filmmaker, working in media like podcasting, look no further than Pancake Studios. Go to www.pancakestudios.net. To Be Continued is an adult podcast for adults by adults. We may talk about superheroes, sci-fi, comic books, and all sorts of similar crap like that, but we may use adult and frank language when we do so. This is not a podcast for kids, brothers and sisters. Enjoy. Welcome back. This is To Be Continued, a fanboy podcast covering your fanboy passions. You're not going to learn anything, but if you stick around, you just might have some fun. And we are going to have some fun here today for sure. If you have clicked onto this podcast, you know that this is the To Be Continued fanboy podcast spoiler review discussion of the recently released Marvel Studios film, Black Panther. I'm your host, Miguel Alejandro Velez. And I am Edward Ng, and I am now going to talk like this for the rest of the entire podcast. No, no, you're no, no, you're not. No, that's not going to happen. Wakanda forever! <laughs> <laughs> As always, we are joined here in Pancake Studios, the wonderful facilities provided by our producer with Mosius, Jonathan McGar. Thank you. Thank you very much. And um, Edward, we have a very special guest here today. Um, well... We do, but uh, I think someone wants to say hi. Yeah, making his uh, another umpteenth time return. Yeah, that's here. why. You... Why don't you go say hi? Hi, everybody! <laughs> it's uh, our official mascot, Clark. My boy, Clark here. Um, but our special guest, a very, very special guest, is. Um, and how do I? It's going to be a huge introduction. Grammy award winning, thirty time nominated. You, you want? Um, I'm not going to throw out numbers there, but. Uh, um, but you've all been responsible for the the sound for, and I'm just here. I'm going to throw throw out some of these. Mary J. Blige, "Don't Go Chasing Waterfalls" TLC, Notorious B.I.G., um, uh, Fuji's, Basie Bob <laughs> Brockman. Thank you for coming. Thank you that. for gracing. It, it, Our presence. It is a great pleasure to be here. I am also a Russian triple agent. I, <laughs> I have decided to come out today. It all comes out. Wait, so we can, <laughs> we, can we, we activate you like the Winter Soldier with a list of, of various because Because I am, I am bipolar and Gemini, I get confused. And I was for many, many years uh, a double agent. Now I am actually 
I'm coming back to America after many, after many years. <laughs> Do, doing, doing work on behalf of Vladimir John, Putin. John, you set us up. The CIA is going to be knocking on this door. In the here's, next the, here's my question: is, is like, so who who is cutting at the point where you become a triple agent? Who's cutting the checks yeah. at that point? Everybody cutting checks. <laughs> there's no, there's no like, you know, they don't they don't bring you in, and they're like, uh, where you're still getting the health care from the Americans. I, I'm right? equal opportunity agent. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for coming in here, a friend of Jonathan's. Um, we always a like mentor, having other people here. Dear, a mentor, a dear friend and mentor of mine. Happy to be. Happy to be a mentor to John. And uh, as John gets bigger and better every day at what he does, I feel like he's becoming a mentor to me. He showed me how to like add the the aux track. Changed my life on Pro Tools. <laughs> <laughs> just recently. Millennials. Uh, so, I mean, as much as I want to, oh my, just. I have so many questions to ask you. I mean, well, you know, you could a... dribble them in, yeah, you know, know, as, we, know. as we as we as we proceed. I, but I think I mean, the reason we're here is because it's a it's it's Black Panther, and it's taken. It's oh also, my god! It's also Black History Month. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But it it, it was that's it, not a coincidence. I don't think. I'm pretty sure they knew <laughs> I don't, no, I mean, what I they think... were doing. They knew that President's Day weekend. That they yep. wanted to get that those four days and and just rack up rack up as much as they could. Um, if I may ask you a question, Bob, um, as in terms of what we cover here on the show, because these two guys are musical nuts. You know, they have been, but you know, the show covers uh, a kind of a narrow uh, focus that unfortunately doesn't go into music as as often. I'm sure they would like, but um, in terms of what we do cover, uh, are you a fan? of any of this material uh, as it originally was. Not necessarily a fan of the Marvel movies. Everyone's a fan of the Marvel movies these days, but... You mean I'm a Marvel comic book reader? Comic books, the, the sci-fi, the that genre, sort of genre stuff. Right. I am not. Okay. Um, you were working on actually developing a skill and becoming a producer rather than getting into <laughs> a musician rather than actually doing what guys like me, you know, I, I don't do, know. I would say I would say I'm, this I'm, I'm more of like, a, you know, like obsessive musician and political junkie than I am like comic book junkie. Um, although, I mean, um, I, I have delved into Jodorowsky and some other, okay. you, you know, <laughs> kind of like, you know. Out there, sort of experimental yeah, out there visuals ex- and experiment, ideals. Experimentary, yeah. Exp- yeah. It's because what I, you I, just name dropped is as experimental as it gets. <laughs> Jodorowsky is as, as experimental as it gets, you know. But um, I only really discovered him because of the documentary about oh, him. Dune, and uh, the Dune documentary, yeah, yeah which, um, which I. Fascinating. Uh, it is really fascinating that like he like he built this entire world to make this film and then he never made it. <laughs> and and because he's insane. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but you know. And what and what what but, but welcome, what he was welcome almost to the close... music and the film business. <laughs> Everybody's fucking insane. Exactly. You know? People do not realize how often how hard it is to actually get something completed. You know, and or you know, get it off the ground. And, and, and get it where, out there. That's where I think guys who are master politicians and psychologists like Spielberg win. You know, because they really they know how to ingratiate people and how to bring and and bring people together. And not all artists have that kind of mm. uh, um, y- y- kind of demeanor. But you know, I think one of the elephants in the room, at least from the stuff that I read, was Bob Iger, the chairman of Disney, mm. um, who stood up for this film. Everybody else on the board voted against it. They said, uh, <laughs> they said, foreign, you know, foreign licensees have never gone for black product. Mm-hmm. Um, they have also said that foreign licensees have never gone for female product. And they, you know, they they've were, been eating their words. They've now been eating for their a words while. since Wonder Woman <laughs> and another Marvel uh, 
Well, DC. That's a. Oh, this, that's, this is how. This is how I know oh, you this don't is know. How, this, yeah, is yeah, how, yeah. this is how I know that you're not. You know, yeah, the, I'm just me, not in that you, world. That's a tribe. That's a tribal difference right there between the DC side and Marvel characters. Um, and but you're right in saying that um, this sort of movie had to have some sort of backing at a higher level because of the just the inertia in Hollywood on these issues. Well, it's interesting that the biggest argument they had against Iger was that um, the merchandising, which obviously has been a big part of tentpole movies ever since George George Lucas gave up, you know, his... uh, his distribution rights to have licensing with Star Wars, which is one of the smartest moves he ever made. Um, so keep your money, studio. Just Bob give Ar- me the license. Bob Iger, Bob Iger was like, uh, I don't think that merchandising is going to be a problem. And as it turned out, the merchandising is... is. Yeah, and like the thing is that th- th- I think that... Did you read the New Yorker article about, like, you know, like, like, you know, white kids deciding to, like, dress up as, you know, as Black Panther? I mean, I think it's interesting because, like, black kids have been dressing up as white characters for forever, for, right? Exactly. For, Why is not fair? Turn so, about fair play. <laughs> yeah, it's just about oh, it's, or understandable. It's like a character it's is about, cool. A character is cool. It doesn't matter to a nine-year-old mind. Well, and it's interesting that the nine that the nine-year-old kids are not racist. The nine-year-old kids don't look at Black Panther as a black character. It's only adults who have gone through the civil rights movement that think about it too much. That think about it as like, oh, this is like a big moment. In, in 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 the ascent of black culture in America. Well, prior to starting the show, we had a, 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 a discussion. Now, you thought that it wasn't divisive, but the counter-argument is that, no, this is, if if anything, this will probably cleave the sides even more. I know? don't I don't follow. Well, that. like, like, whether Black, uh, black you, Panther is going to be... You're yeah, saying like, Black Panther would be encouraging more division in society? Um, or, or, or the counter to that. You know, um, I think that I, I think that it's just I mean, like what I was saying to John in the theater yesterday is that I just feel like, you know, black culture has been contributing so much joy and so much color to American society. I mean, if you think about like where we would be if it wasn't for jazz, if it wasn't for hip hop, if it wasn't for black cinema if it wasn't for black literature <laughs> if it wasn't for black culture you know now hip-hop is the it's the only culture really that has completely taken over the globe in yeah, the world in in, in, in history and now i feel like stuff. now i feel like it's finally it's finally come home to where this is a movie i feel like black americans can fully own the way they could fully own the nba or the way they could fully own public enemy or they could fully own you know the fact of the matter is is that black artists have been disproportionately left behind by the National Academy of Recording Arts and Sciences. And it's a travesty. You know, I mean, I mean, Nas never won an award. Mm-hmm. Janet Jackson never won an award. Prince never won an award. Jay-Z was was bumped. You know, Beyonce was bumped by, by Adele. This is like the, to me, this is the last gasp of old racist white people in the music business now you and, you hail from New Orleans. I'm from New Orleans, yeah, uh, Louisiana, yeah. Um, and you were a jazz musician. Uh, My dad jazz was a jazz musician. musician. Background, yeah. Um, so you, what was it like? Did you grow up there, or was it like you? You you started. I was born there. there. You were born there. Um, I moved with my mom to Virginia, but I went back. You know, a couple times a year when I was young, and then as I got older, I would went back there like once a year, but I always went back there. Um, then my father passed away 
13 years ago, and I stopped going there because I didn't really have a reason to go there. And then my mom moved back there four years ago, and so I've been going back there with great regularity. And I'm beginning to kind of like get into kind of digging my roots in, working with the Neville Brothers, working with this girl Tank from Tank and the Bangers, you know, um, starting to work with New Orleans artists and starting to get a little bit associated with, you know, the culture of my birth because really most of my career has been in New York, you know, with, with New York artists. Can I, can I ask you a question about that, uh, about New Orleans? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, post-Katrina, uh, do you see a difference as someone who said who you were born there and were there for a period of time, I assume, and then left yep. and are now going back? What do you see as the difference in the city and especially in the scene that you're involved in, the music scene, from those earlier days to now as you, as when you go there today? Well, I mean, um, I mean, I guess you could say the internet existed at the time of Katrina, but I mean, it certainly didn't exist historically in New Orleans, you know. So I think that what's happening is that there's a tech scene evolving in New Orleans. There's gentrification happening in New Orleans. Um, you know, New Orleans used to be the place that you could go and hide away and disappear if you wanted to, and it was so cheap, you know, that like you could literally go down there and it and it and it cost almost nothing to live there, you know. So so that's changing. Um, in the sense that it's not it's not as easy to be like an expat and go down there and just write a novel if you mm-hmm. feel like doing it. Like I, what I see in New Orleans, the same thing that I see in Brooklyn is like people are just working really hard just to make rent. Mm-hmm. So it has changed. <laughs> really. <laughs> <laughs> he has an opinion, Neil. He'll keep it himself. <laughs> is, is, this, is there a sea change as far as, well, you know, what the the view of New Orleans um, and like, for example, the corruption, the, the history of corruption that it's had. The corruption has not changed. <laughs> <laughs> the streets are still full of potholes. Uh, there's no government down there. Um, it's, it's, it's completely dysfunctional, you know, as a, as a, as a government, but it's not as a society, you know? I mean, if it's about parades, if it's about dancing, if it's about music, if it's about food, if it's about, you know, gossip and New Orleans culture, it's it's killing it, you know? It's just, it's a different it's a different outlook, you know? It's uniquely Southern, and it's uniquely European. It's really the only European city um, in America, and it still has very, very deep, you know, Spanish and Creole and French roots, and those haven't gone away. And, I mean, it's also, in, in a way, um, there's a special relationship between black and white people in New Orleans. I mean, the, the, the crime rate is off the scale. I mean, it's not as bad as Baltimore and, and Chicago, but it's pretty bad, you know? People, I, are, getting, I remember, people are getting killed in, on the street every day. I, I think one of my first experiences, unique experiences, just spending time anywhere near the South, besides Disney World, right, is uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, which is a very, um, it's a very gentrified um, little pocket city you know and um you really don't get the, get, get a sense of what's beyond raleigh except in, yeah, it's really good food um there's some friendly white people there's some friendly black people but one i, I was i was there with my, uh, my best friend and he made a, an observation which is like do you see what's going on it's like the the culture of this, the old strands of racism still exists in that if you have a white person walk down, walk on the sidewalk, 
the black person would feel obliged to, to step aside. To step aside. That's an old Southern thing. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that goes back to antebellum slavery South. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they just had an article in Mother Jones this morning about the, you know, the slaves and secret story of the slaves in the White House, you know, around the time of Washington. I mean, this is a country that was built by slaves. I mean, not just black slaves, Chinese slaves, too. I mean, built built the railroads, you know, uh, Irish were... Yeah, indentured too, servitude. Kind of, happened with them, yeah. Indentured servitude. And I mean, you know, now we have this kind of like Jim Crow, you know, prison situation where, you know, um, people are just arrested on the streets in New York every day for just standing on the corner. That's a reality. I mean, I mean, I only got arrested once, and that was for, you know, I mean, I was talking on my cell phone in a car, and I didn't realize that I was supposed to return my license plates when I sold my car a year, and there was a warrant for my arrest. So um, <laughs> I ended up in the tombs in Brooklyn. I ended up in jail overnight. And there were guys that were in jail who had been in jail for doing nothing for months, they couldn't get out because they didn't have the $300 or somebody in their family didn't have the money. I mean, this is no different than Victor Hugo and, like, 18th century France where people are jailed for being poor, people are jailed for being black. And, you Which, know... Which, when many people would argue that is the pull point of many of those, I mean, the war on drugs in general. It's, you know... That is absolutely... The war on drugs was a race war. There's... There's, there's no question about it. Nixon was a racist president. He started the war on drugs, you know. And there, there has all, there has always been a, a, a an extremely divisive kind of uh, legality about the difference between powdered cocaine mm-hmm. and crystallized crack cocaine. Right. I mean, cocaine is cocaine. I mean, chemically, it's exactly the same thing. It's like saying. You know, if you smoke liquid tobacco, you go away for 30 years. If you smoke a cigarette, you don't go to jail. It's the same thing. It's tobacco, right? It's cocaine. It's just a different... It's well, just it's, a the, it's the fact that, the, that that they would more be more likely to find the powder on a guy named Chad, and more likely to find the rock cocaine on someone named Tyrone. That's right. You know, uh, that's, uh, <laughs> that's absolutely. What it comes down and to. so, so it's about you know an entire community of people for generations being targeted, and then being exploited. You know, like basically sewing garments for Target for a dollar thirty a day in in prison because they couldn't make bail. Mm-hmm. Or because they happen to have a bag of weed. I just want to say, I just want to point out something, Bob, that uh, here on the show, we have a uh, a thing we call the politics jar. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Did I bring bring out the politics jar? You brought out the politics jar because we have always, I have always tried to, uh, I am, it's no, I don't think it would be a surprise to anyone who's listening to know that Jonathan and Edward and I, we, we, we're, we're left of center guys. We're mm-hmm. left of center guys. Okay. Yeah. Um, with that said, from the beginning, I've always said, I don't want the show to like always go off. Not that we haven't. We have. But we always like, ah, you got to put 20 bucks in the politics jar. We are well, filling the politics jar like to overflow. I think we... Well, the I politics think- jar is full. Let's end the conversation. <laughs> full time. I just wanted to point oh, that out. We it's always- it's going to be paying for... Oh, don't worry. For we're- GoDaddy for the next for, for the, on the next subscription that for, for, our web, for our website. For our website. But on top of that, um, I don't think we can get away with from politics in this movie because I'm definitely going to mention the fact that I think that uh, it was the most important thing to you about Black Panther as a comic book fan um, 
I would say the two premier uh, black superhero characters. Um, and there are actually more than you would imagine. Not all of them are in the A-list uh, for a comic book fan, per se. But the two premier are from Marvel. You have Luke Cage and you have Black Panther. And I love Luke Cage. I've always loved Luke Cage. He's a, he's a very cool character. I don't know if you know his history in the in the no, comics, but he's... I, I, he's know, the, I know Luke Cage through Netflix. For the Netflix show. Okay. Yeah. Well, he's not too dissimilar um, in the comics, obviously. In the comics, you know, they were started in the 70s. He's an exploitation gloss character. So mm-hmm. it carried those flavors forward. But I've always liked Luke. He's a stand-up guy. Any That's what I got to say. Any guy that goes to Doctor Doom... Uh, to get his bill paid because Dr. Doom did not pay him for the job. You got to love that guy. You yeah, got to love that guy who goes over there and says, look, look, I don't care. You got to honor this contract, Dr. Doom. <laughs> but Luke's origin in the books, and as you saw on the show, is um, he went through the prison experience. And as important as I understand that how that is unfortunately an experience many African-American males in this country have gone through I have also, I'm a, I have also sometimes been like, I don't know if I quite like, I don't think that there's an, maybe there isn't an inherent message, but there's something about that, that where, yeah, kids, this is, he's relatable, you know, it's, it's too much of almost the real world. It doesn't say you can be anything other than that. It's like saying, well, in order to be a hero, you have to go through this and that next way. Whereas Black Panther says, you can be a genius king. Of Wakanda. You can be a genius king on your own without... Because one of the interesting things about Black Panther is is that when Stan and Jack Kirby created him, he could have been put into any other book. He premiered in the Fantastic Four. But he is not dependent on the Fantastic Four for his existence. He isn't like, oh, Mr. Fantastic gave me my powers or anything like that. You could have dropped that concept, Wakanda, the Black Panther, all of that, to premiere in any book, mm. and it still holds up on its own. Yeah. You know? And uh, there's something about that is, is you know, the Afrofuturism and all that that's like, this, is, this says to a, a young black kid who's reading, it's like, yeah, I could be a, a street tough guy, or wow, I could be a guy who designs, like, I'm not saying one better well, necessarily, well, tell but me this, is there inspiring. another good example of Afrofuturism? In the mainstream, <laughs> I mean, I'm the not. There I mean, maybe not. an ex- obscure one, but I mean, this this is yeah. this is global. Yeah, I mean, this is a movie that's going to be seen by everybody in the world. Well, and, I, I, in my opinion, I think it's um, to me he he's he's black Superman. Why is that? And, and what does that mean? That's that's the blue moral. It's it's um, a lot of what Black Panther represents is there's a lot of unattainable unattainables. You know, yeah, I don't think any more unattainables than Batman, though. Well, I mean, we, we've had this, that discussion. No, no, before. but no, it's the it, it but, is. There are similar setups in the fact that you know, obviously, but Batman but, has a suit. He has a suit. No, 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 no. Both wealthy, technologically inclined, the gadgets. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? But, um, even even in the, and there was know, a little bit of a head nod to James Bond in the last. Oh, oh yes, absolutely, yes. absolutely. There, there is that sort of which we saw in the Nolan Batman films, where with the Christopher where, Nolan where, films, where, right. wherein uh, you had Morgan Freeman's character as sort of the cue as the as as, as the technological guru. Yeah, but, yeah. exactly. I was also going to add that, um, and this has very much to do with the last five minutes of the movie, where he says. I've bought that building. I bought that building. I'm going to open up a center for, you know, and, and then there's a kid that sees a black kid 
playing basketball sees the the spaceship, the Wakandan ship, and he says, "Is that yours?" Yeah, and I, I all of a sudden I just got for uh, I really got for Clemp, uh because of that scene. I, that's that's the moment where I started crying. Actually, I, yeah, and I started. I and, and I mean, I, I was I was shaking, crying at the end of the film while the credit while the credits were rolling, and I've never done that ever at a Marvel movie. Right. Now, I don't know whether that's because of all the personal experience that I've had with people of color, like my whole life, you know? I mean, not just growing up with my dad who like went on the road on the Chitlin circuit with black musicians who was the only one that would stay at a motel. Well, take this from a, from a Chinese kid growing up in Jersey who moves to Brooklyn. Yeah. I, go, I, um, I, went, I attended Catholic school for most of my life. I met some, uh, I met some church kids. I started playing church music, learned how to play the bass. I played blues at the age of 15. So that was very, that resonate, re- resonates me as a black art. And then going on to, I went to NYU. I took um, like several uh, jazz appreciation courses, you know. Um, so the black experience, and yeah, I'm not here to say, oh, I know what it's like to be black or anything like that, but. You have been influenced by I think, things from I think any, yeah. I think anybody that spent time in Brooklyn and played in church has had the black experience, <laughs> you know? And, and, and that's, to me, that's the point of the film. That's the point of society and culture at large. You don't need to be a black person to appreciate the beauty of black culture. And you don't need to be a white person to be in charge or to be the head of a company or to develop a new technology or to be creative or to be intelligent. You know, it's like all the things that a superhero in our culture, in these films and in fiction embodies and and is an avatar for those aspirations, whether it's, you know, you love Batman. I could be I could go, you know, I could I could be excellent in every way, as you say, for Batman. Uh, uh, I mean, did you notice that she said, hello, colonizer to the white guy, the CIA agent? I mean, (laughs) and there was a distinctly anti-colonial subtext it wasn't it wasn't over the top i thought i just thought it was like it's there it's matter of factly as it, a matter of it, fact it's that's... there we don't believe in using our power to have the sun set on wakanda all around the world which is basically borrowed from the british empire so the right sun yeah, he never, said that later well that's what the sun never himself said, says that in the film he says that's the what sun he will, said the sun will never set so on the wakanda empire he wanted to be a colonist. He himself, exactly. And he wanted to rule the world. Classic villain becomes that which he And hits. to me, that's that's the world of animality. You know, that's the that's what we're trying to beat back as as a sentient, intelligent species well, is think, is to get away from that that kind of tribal behavior. I think there's the uh, um, I, I find this movie to be quite unique because for the first like it, you you deal with really complex themes. Here you have uh, an uber technical technologically advanced nation in Africa. Right. And they're isolationists, too. On top. Well, you mentioned the whole colonizing thing, and this is very important because that is from the comics. That and is from the comics. The comics idea is that they are a nation that is, and I don't mean this demeaningly, but it is an African-American fantasy. Mm-hmm. We were never conquered. The Wakandans were never conquered by the Muslims. They were never conquered by other tribes. They were never conquered by European colonization. They have always been in charge of their own destiny. Well, there was a Jamaican tribe that was never conquered by anybody, not by the French, not by the British. It's like every that, that lived at the top of the mountain in, in Jamaica, uh, everybody tried to beat them down. And, and they just one of these things, yeah. They just never 
This is that sort of idea blown up in the fantasy world. And and I think that that's kind of why you tend to see a different level of self-esteem in some of the Caribbean nations. The story is never told. uh, The story is never told. Right. But there are plenty of there are are plenty of of groups who who have yeah who have black skin color who have prevailed and and have not been beaten down and. I would like to see that story told more in America. I'd like to get into the film itself, if I may, Edward. Uh, the film is directed by Ryan Coogler, of course, who had brought us the amazing uh, Fruitvale Station. And uh, Fruitvale Station is just, that movie will break your heart. Yeah. It will break your heart if you do not come out of that movie going, Sobbing. there is something unwell in the country in the current climate. Yeah. I, there's something wrong with you. Uh, then he brought us, of course, a popcorn movie. And I would say it is a popcorn movie. It's a good popcorn drama, but it's a popcorn movie. Creed. Mm-hmm. Taking on a franchise, a storied franchise in Hollywood that, for whatever the ridiculous installments that have come after the first one... Is he doing the sequel, still, by the way? Is he doing the sequel? I, no, I, don't, I do not believe he's doing the sequel. No. Um, so... Um, Kugler had been brought uh, brought on a young black director in the same way that uh, Warner Brothers felt that they, I think, needed a woman's perspective for Wonder Woman. Well, there was also a woman's perspective in the scenic design and the production design. Oh, yeah. There's the uh, women. Uh, 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 this, this film has tons there's of female a energy. Touch. There's <laughs> a lot of female energy in this and, film. And and we'll get to that. And that's beautiful, too. And you yeah, have yeah, the yeah. female warriors. All right. female exactly. Power. Exactly. It's... And so uh, they had introduced Black Panther in the Captain America Civil War movie, which I think was the best advertisement that this film needed since the film was a good film, a good uh, superhero action adventure film. Mm. And Panther comes off so incredibly well in it. And Bozeman... You know, Chadwick Boseman had been brought in. He just, uh, as a fan of this character in that world, I looked at it and I said, uh, my mindset, and Ed was, I think, on the same uh, wavelength here, was we were thinking of like a Chiwetel uh, Ajenafor in the part. We needed that regalness, that, that, uh, how did Chiwetel in, as we said, in Serenity always, the quiet strength. You know, and whereas that was a villain, here is we need that for the hero, and you saw that in Captain America: Civil War. So now here is his solo film, opening up his world, showing, showing everything. And my God, did Kugler direct the hell out of this film in terms of its production design, the color, the cinematography? I have my issues as a superhero guy with some aspects of the film that have nothing to do with necessarily story or themes. Mm-hmm. I do not think he handled um, the use of the CGI. As well as he could have, I I chalk that up to yeah, the fact we that were, it's the we first time he's done that sort of thing. Um, for example, it like, lacks a certain texture. Yeah, like I was saying that the, the 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 crafts and the positioning of the of, of just the, the very the, the backdrop or 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 or, or the or for example for example or, the, the 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 chase scene with the car. I see. Know? I disagree. I you, I thought like that, that, that was the high point of the use of CG in well, the film. Well, you I, thought that, the, I thought the car scene had incredible energy to it. Actually, yeah. It, it, I for, for me, I think it's the best action sequence in the uh, movie. Well, I I compare. But, I very much compare um, uh, to be um, Captain America's Civil War's gold standard in terms of from beginning to finish, um, especially with the fight scenes and the way the use of the CGI um, here, and we we've seen it with with. The way it's the marketing was just thrown at you. 
Uh, Black Panther uh, does a somersault when the car crashes. Okay, you know, I, again, like, I, again, my my point is that that the CG in the especially the final battle sequence mm-hmm. it feels a little textureless. It's not as good as it could have been. It doesn't mean it's horrible. Doesn't mean it ruins the movie. Doesn't mean any of that. So what you so what you're basically saying is you think Ryan should have chose a better VFX company, or may, or who to, knows? To it might have been a time issue. You know, yeah. when you these movies are or it might have been a money issue. A money I mean, issue? I mean, even with a two hundred million dollar film, there yeah, are money issues. There are money issues. Believe it. Yes, exactly. I'll compare that last battle scene to like, and I've said to as a um, uh, like a Lord of the Rings, which is again, it's, there's nothing wrong with it. I, but it had I a love, it had it had it was not maybe as yeah. finished. We have uh, it's just not as blowing at the corn and then armored plated the, the armored rhinoceroses rhinos and then the way Black Panther you. was like <laughs> did this sort of like skiing on the dirt thing with it dragging down the rhino. Yeah, um, the fight he has with Killmonger in the mines where you again it's very. I think the issue is that it was very noticeable, which is always the problem with CG. I am not one of these oh, anti CG. So, so it took you out of the moment. Yeah, where you like, go, whoa, like you, that like, could have been better. Like, like instead of, like instead of saying, oh, like that's you, an awesome fight, it's like, ooh, that looked, mm, that could have been slightly... So it looked a little, a little pasted onto you. Uh, just a little. Again, just a little. And even in the fight sequence that did not have a lot of CG in it... Um, you mean the live action? Even the live uh, action. Uh, for uh, It, it uh, wasn't not quite at the level, again, as, say, something like um, the, fight se- the, 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 the fight coordination that was done in, say, uh, Winter Soldier or, or Captain America Civil War. That said, in terms of a film, even an action drama, I didn't have a, I didn't have an, uh, it didn't ruin anything because everything else is just so spot on. This is a film very differently. First off, I'm going to get this off my chest. I'm always going to say it. This is what I want from a Marvel movie in the sense that I do not go to these movies. I will repeat again, and I'm sorry, Bob, if I'm being loud. Sorry, no, 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 please. I'm a little, please, I'm a little, be a fanboy. I'm, 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 I'm a little touchy about these sort of things. Um, <laughs> He's on the I do not herb. go to these movies for comedies. I do not go. I have been fans of these, these characters for a very long time. And as I've always said, everyone says, oh, well, you know, what do you want these things to be? Funeral dirges? You want them to be take themselves so seriously? And I go, well, when well, I was eight years old playing with my action figures, when I had G.I. Joe, it wasn't the cartoon show. It was freaking Platoon. It, I, you took the the fun for me well, is Thor, taking it seriously. Thor Ragnarok was pretty ridiculous. I mean, but that was you know that was directed by a Kiwi. Right? Yeah, well, yeah, uh, but see, we we um, and I'll get into this in in terms to a, a problem, a difference. Between, it was meant to be a comedy. Yeah, I don't, don't you think that this film was meant to be a cultural emotional statement? Yeah, you know, whatever he touches, and I don't know if you're familiar with his Concord stuff. Uh, I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just that's yeah, him. <laughs> but okay, John mentioned this on our Thor Ragnarok show. Um, and I think this is the difference between maybe the mission statement that Taika Waititi had as compared to Coogler. Maybe it's the difference in, again, uh, my mind is, is that they are they are positioning Black Panther to fill the slot that Captain America had. Mm-hmm. So therefore, his films have to have that tone. The character has to be taken very seriously. Nothing can undercut him or his world. Yeah. Thor Ragnarok has a very similar moment in it as this film, which is Thor and Thor Ragnarok... John pointed this out in our in, in our review of it. He says, "Well, the Sistine Chapel in Asgard falls. We learn there's a whole other history that Odin, Thor's father, actually did some nasty stuff. Is not the person he thought he was, mm-hmm. and that moment has zero weight in has that movie. Zero emotional impact. None whatsoever. Whereas, Here, whereas the moment when when the king confronts his elders and says, 'I'm not even staying here. Yeah, I I'm can't going be with you. back because.'" 
I, I can't conscience this. I have to go back and repair the damage that was done that you didn't bring him back. Yes, this villain bring, is a You didn't bring this inflation. child back. And this is like the story of the lost child and the story of lost fathers goes back to our earliest myths. Right. It's mythical what happened. And again, it is given weight, the idea that he, you, you get the connection Panther has with his father. You know what's disappointing to me about the story, and maybe this is because it had to follow the comic book, but like, why did he not save that kid? Which, what, what do you mean, the, uh, the, the, the king? At the end, yeah. Like, he yeah. could have saved him. He could have brought him back in. He could have cleaved well, this, that, that damage a, that was done by the that's fathers. That's a great point. And I've said, <clears throat> now, Marvel um, has had a track record where they suffer from what you call the, the, the Marvel villain problem. Villain problem. <laughs> Very flat villain characters. But in this sense, you have... This character was not flat. No, he Eric not. Killmonger, um, I brilliant, brilliantly play, uh, portrayed Michael by B. Jordan, Jordan was everything you want as the... Opposite number for the hero. He was he was brutal and vulnerable and sad at the same time. And he had a position that was understandable. You didn't have to agree with him. He wasn't a he wasn't a paste on comic book character. Yes. He was a real person. He was it was very much this idea of if this again, again, taking the world seriously, if you if you were him, a a young black boy whose father was taken from him at a very young age in Oakland in the nineties. And you learn that it is, in fact, there is this whole other world, an African country that has access to all of this wealth of technology, and of you, resources. And you feel that they're squandering it. Exactly. And that could curdle into something that would put a man down a path that we saw that he took. And that was his mission. Exactly. And he... That was, a, that, that was, the, that was the galvanizing thing that turned him into the warrior that he became as an adult. And he... And he killed with impunity hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. To only, get what he wanted. Only to get back home. Back home. Mm-hmm. To take the throne. And uh, I, I, there's something about the, that first fight they have. The first fight they have in Warriors Falls, we establish how amazing T'Challa is as a fighter. And especially in Captain America's Civil War, there's, there's a single-mindedness in T'Challa. But it is based upon sort of a belief in himself, his country, his family, his father. When that gets, when a chink goes into that, learning, oh my God, what did my father do? We never went back for this boy. You know, this is, we are so, we are reaping well, it, well, what has been sowed. He can't defeat him because at that point, he's, he's not focused. Killmonger is focused. Killmonger's I will do whatever it is. T'Challa's not and, committed and, and, in that and, and fight. And Killmonger has, has in some way reconciled what happened to his father, mm. where, whereas T'Challa has just found out and so is still what, what his father yeah. and, he, and he's still emotionally broken from it. And how can you be a warrior when you're emotionally broken? Right. Exactly. Which was, I thought, I, I'm, I'm happy I'm not the only one. I, I know I don't need <laughs> to go down the list, but... Um, what a cast. I, you know, I don't know who had to talk to who... Or whether um, the there was a, a memo that went out that says, "Hey, do you want to? This is going to be a big deal if you're an African American actor or a British American uh, African actor." Um, Chadwick Boseman, who, by the way, are how many iconic roles has he taken on besides James Brown, <laughs> Jackie Robinson, and now Black Thurgood Marshall? Thurgood Marshall, <laughs> yes, craziest, of course. 
of course, uh, Michael B. Jordan as Killmonger already. The gorgeous and lovely Lupita Nyong'o as... Angela Bassett. Nikki- Angela Bassett, who had been long overdue to be in a Marvel film, because as me and Ed has been growing up forever, it's, we, that was our storm. She, yeah, she was a That was our storm. storm. And that, that's, um, that, that... Hello, that... Tina Turner. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm a huge uh, Walking Dead fan, so Denai Gurira, playwright, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, who, Zikoye, yeah, yeah, she had Lupita on one of her plays. Um, Forrest Whitaker, of course, uh, as Azuri, uh, um, uh, Daniel Kaluuya Daniel as Kaluuya Wakabe. From Get Out. Uh, I mean, and then you know, what did he, you think of Get Out? Have you seen Get Out yet? Um, I felt like Get Out was the appetizer to For Black this? Panther, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and both I mean, with Daniel, both yeah. with Daniel, that and was both the, with Daniel. But I mean, I, you know, like, I, it, I don't know whether you, um, Oh, oh, what is the name? What is the name of that? Um, what is the that that Key and Peele did the the sort of the sort of send up of Showboat that they did? Um, Blacktown, Negro Town, Negro Town. I think did it was you Negro see Negro Town? Yes, of course. You're so, talking to two huge Key and Peele guys here. Okay, yeah. so yeah, so I so I I felt like I felt like Jordan Peele was on his way already to yeah. making a statement, and I. I felt like, <clears throat> and it's interesting because I just finished like mixing a film for Blumhouse, and oh, okay. that was a Blumhouse film. Okay. Yeah, uh, I I felt like it it made some noise, but it didn't fill the auditorium. Right. There's, this there's, film is this is filling the auditorium. <laughs> this is like, I mean, there isn't going to be a person of color anywhere in the world, including the African continent. That's not going to notice. And and I I feel I feel like there's going to be a seismic change. In, in culture, and I, mean, I was saying to John, you know, like, <clears throat> scientists and artists have changed the world. Mm. You know, we have light, we have petroleum, we have solar power, we have, you know, all of the major shifts that have happened in culture in terms of our quality of life have happened either because of artists or scientists. Almost none have happened because of government uh, I let me give this counter argument because I'm hearing a lot of people we are very high on this movie right now fanboys well, are people, average people, people are. are very high yeah okay? no question so let me give you the counter argument because I, I had this I got into this uh, with some people online and I'm Puerto Rican um, there's a ton of black blood flowing through the veins of every single Puerto Rican in the world there's, it's African blood it's African okay yep. um, so if you look at my family, I, I'm not coming at this trying to be down in it from some racial angle of the, I don't like black people. That's why I'm that's why I'm trying to that's why I'm trying to cut the party. I am saying this though. When we think back to something with actual large scale cultural impact, let's go to back to 2008 and the predictions in 2008. First African American president elected. Everyone this is going to change everything and oh my lord all of our predictions at this moment in 2008, well, this is the end of racial dog whistle politics. The Republican Party has to change and appeal to more, you know, uh, more minorities or they'll be done in the future and on and on and on. These were the predictions. I know you heard them in 2008. Well, the How most, did history actually play out? I think the most interesting counter argument is that the person who's bringing the change more than Barack Obama is Donald Trump. I think that that's... <laughs> There well, again, there would be no Me Too movement. There would be no Black Lives Matter. You know, <laughs> there might even, you know, Bob Iger might not have stepped forward well, well, and, and and said yes to Black Panther because the point is, is that we're in a moment of time and we need something where there's like a necessity yeah, for, for change. I understand there are, that. There, I understand are, there that. are 800 young people marching 
right now right. on Tallahassee to try to change gun gun control right. laws. But again, I, I think that when look you, at the difference when of you that, have though. somebody like Barack Obama who who is an enabler, right, and who's a consensus person. Uh, versus, well, well again, versus, I, not versus to get to, Donald for, Trump, who's, just a, who's a lunatic, right. you know, I mean... And it's understandable that... Sometimes you need to have a lunatic in power yeah, to actually have change. That, sometimes that, yeah. But, I mean, you said, but you said, uh, uh, students, and you know, that is an actual real-world event. Children killed, action taken afterwards. Immediate action taken. Okay, right. whereas I do not... Look, I think what I really hope that this film does for the wider world... And I don't think this wider, for the, the wider world, the wider world, too. <laughs> the wider, the wider, world. Or wider world, either or, um, especially within the world of film is this. I hope that it opens up opportunities for all sorts of uh, directors and stars to be in things, and writers and writers to be in things that without a doubt um, open up the narratives that are done that these will not that going forward. They'll say, wow, well, we can do... This is a fantasy superhero movie with an all-black cast. We can do anything, all right? But I'm not going to predict that that is absolutely going to happen. Because as you know, we always get some moment of... This film comes out, and it's going to change everything, and it's going to do this. And, and, and most let's just, let's of the time... So what you're doing is you're comparing that to Barack Obama becoming president. I'm saying everybody that... Everybody says everything's going to be okay now. That again, that I don't want to jump to that conclusion. Can based I, can on I just one need to movie. clarify that? Okay, that just need to clarify that it's not so much that, at least from what I'm hearing. So, as an Asian American, you know, like I, I'm, I'm, I'm not necessarily. Uh, it's not like um, in Do the Right Thing, you've got Spike who's going, "Hey, how come there ain't no brothers on the wall?" You know, like it's not. I, I'm, it's more so that. There's a lot of good stories. There's a lot of narrative to be told. There's a lot of quality yes, to be told, yes. you know. And I um, hope that that happens. I just do. I believe that we are getting a little too cart before the horse. Well, but yeah, if but, we assume. But that moment in, in Do the Right Thing is about disenfranchisement. That's why Italians would put Frank Sinatra up on the absolutely. wall. Because Italians were disenfranchised. Absolutely. Irish and, were and disenfranchised. that's exactly how I feel when and, I watch. And I'm not saying that this is the end of disenfranchisement by the underclass. I'm just saying that. This is an opportunity. Yes. This is an opportunity for the dialogue to change. And it's always it's always about somebody making a gesture that is uncomfortable. And I, I go back again to Bob Iger, the head of Disney. He could have very easily not greenlit this project. Well, let, let's or take, neutered it. Or neutered the project and said, no, no, no. I'm, I'm, we need to have a half-white cast. Right. But, but it's an all-black cast. Or, you see? I'm more, gonna bring, importantly, I'm up, or more importantly... That he that they went they went with or, the or, idea that Killmonger and all that he stood for they easily could have nerfed that and made it much more palatable and not confrontational. That's right. That's and right. Not make people they, they uncomfortable. Could have made it a cutout movie, and a lot of Marvel movies have been cutout movies. But this was a this was a dramatic film. He put meat on all the bones of those ideas, even if it's they were still all within real the world. characters. Yeah. Here's a very um, prime example. Um, uh, uh, there's a show, and speaking of Disney, right? You know. Uh, Fresh off the boat, which is on ABC, it's a Disney Disney property. Now I love that show because it's funny, but at the same time, um, I, the I, question has to be made: like, uh, is this how Asian Americans can only be viewed as 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 you know, very lampoony? Someone, even as someone as brilliant as Randall Park, 
who is a hilarious comedian. They still sort of they, traffic in certain they, 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 that, um, There's a lot. There's still that minstrel mentality. Did you see Breakfast mentality. at Tiffany's? Have you ever seen Breakfast yes. at Tiffany's? <laughs> oh, of course. Well, so you know that the Asian American guy is played by Mickey Rooney. Yes, of course. Yes. Um, and, 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 he's a go Yeah. And, and <laughs> now, now, see, the thing is, is that is that what a lot of people don't know is that a lot of the American Indian characters in Westerns were played by Jews. Right. Mm. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, so the, I can only well, think of Blazing Saddle Miguel right now. Our, Miguel is our, our, our resident Western expert here. So. Okay, well, so you know that Burt Lancaster <laughs> oh. is not Burt Lancaster. Um, so, I mean, the, the, the fact of the matter is, is that there's a lot of hiding, right? Yeah. And there's a lot of cultural appropriation. And it's been going on for a long time. And, I mean, if, if you have any familiarity with the history of Jews, not just in World War II, but, like, historically, you could see why, they, you know, that any group— any tribe would want to get themselves into a position of safety, you know? Mm-hmm. I would say probably, if anything, probably black performers and black writers are in more of a position of safety and entertainment than Asian Americans are. Or Latinos in mainstream American. Or know? even Latinos, yeah, yeah. You know? or, or, or Indians. Well, you know? I think... I, I, so, I mean, I think that, like, <laughs> it's, it's... The fact of the matter is that it's a, <laughs> no. it's a, it's a societal swirl, right, mm. that is constantly in transition. Um, but every time somebody comes along, like Aziz Ansari comes along, or, you know, a new performer comes on, you know, um, uh, the guy who did uh, The Big Sick. What's his name? Um, um, Kumai Narayami, uh, yeah. Right. Um, anytime an artist breaks through with something that's exceptional, it starts to change the game. I mean, even Sidney Portier, you know. Oh, well, uh, perception. Uh, uh, perception. Again, I, the, the, a man of grace it, appears. It's really sad. I watched uh, In the Heat of the Night for the very first time about a month ago. For the first Dear time. God, where have you Really? Been? That's the yeah. first time you well, saw it? Well, I mean, it? I've seen a, I've watched a lot of movies. And isn't it one of the most brilliant what movies? Did I, I, one of the first things I said to him, like, where was this man when I was growing up? <laughs> Portier, <laughs> he was there. <laughs> Portier, Portier, Portier was the proto of all of these that you can make of, a... Of Chadwick Boseman. Yes, yep. you can make a direct line from Boseman right to Sidney Portier. Um, John, you had something you wanted to say. You were... you were Sorry, oh, you were interrupted. Oh, no, no. It, uh, that pretty much highlighted what I was Okay, say. all right, not, all right. Not necessarily that it, it will change the world, but it has potential to change the world, and it brings opportunity for discussion, and I think it's refreshing to see you know, black superheroes, really good positive and beauty and all that. And I think it's good on a mass scale that we have that. Don't you think it's a watershed moment in the same way that Big Little Lies was a watershed moment for for um, for for Reese uh, Reese Witherspoon and and her her co-producers in the, in that show? I mean, the fact of the matter is that when it really comes down to it, it's not just about appearing in something or getting a gig. It's about power. It's about respect. And Coogler has. He's uh, he uh, is uh, a, he has gotten that shit. Listen, you open up a movie for you know, making two hundred million dollars in a weekend. This guy that yeah. just that just did this short, who is the same composer of this uh, film that I just did for Blumhouse, is now nominated for an Oscar for best short for My Nephew Emmett. If you haven't seen My Nephew Emmett, it's about Emmett Till, and this is like a this is like a young black director fresh out of New York University now honored with an Oscar nomination for his for his short. Now this is just. Remember white Oscars? I mean, that was a year. <laughs> that was a year ago. Yeah, well, I, I stopped watching the Oscars when yeah. um, when when the English Patient like swept. After uh, that, I was just like, okay. "All right, I'm done." Yeah. <laughs> hey, get, sex in the bathtub. Give me something I can use. Um, Bob, if I might ask you on a on a professional level, speaking as a professional, because you're a professional sound man, what did you think about the 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 music and um, and other 
uh, production is in terms of sound with this film. I, I love the African music. Um, I felt like the Kendrick stuff, it took me out of the story. It was yeah. too on the nose. Like every single time, like, you, you know, the Escalades pull up, the trap beat drops, you know. And I just... <laughs> I was just like, man, honestly. Yeah, we kept looking at each other, too, in the movie. Whenever it showed uh, uh, Killmonger, and it was like... When he sits down on the throne, you get the trap beat. When he jumps into the, the spaceship, you get the trap beat. It was a little I don't funny. know. You know, to me, that violates the first law of film scoring, which is that you should never notice the film score. Mm. I noticed the film score. Um, it was actually one of my biggest... Um, it was it was one of my biggest criticisms of the film, and I loved the film. I was really, really moved by the film. I thought Kugler handled the dramatic aspect of it and the relationships between the characters in a very profound way. I thought the music in some ways got in the way. I wanted to... Uh, th- this is another mention that I think we left his name out um, from the cast. Sterling K. Brown, who played... Najobu. Who? Well, <laughs> uh, actually, T'Chaku's t- 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 brother. Who okay, is yes, yes, yes. Who's, right. who's, who's, who's MBJ oh, Sterling? Okay. Brown, we know from The People versus um, O.J. Simpson. O.J. Right. Simpson. Okay. Um, and I think that's that performance. And I, he, well, he, those two moments, the two, for... father, the two father-son moments oh, yeah. uh, that we get, I can I just say, you know, um, that's... And maybe this is just me for on a personal level because it's personal. It has nothing to do with other things. Uh, I lost my dad in uh, in 2014, and so the idea of you know being able to go and see him again in some way and, and to revisit you know family karma it just it that really and that that is where I had this sudden real connection with him as a character. And so it didn't matter to me. Some people's criticism of the movie has been, well, Bozeman is very low-key and everyone is so colorful around him that Panther doesn't quite pop the way he should. I disagree. It's a, The character is, and from the comics, he's intelligent, he's calculated, but he's inside. very precise. Yeah. And so therefore, when, when T'Challa explodes, and he only does it like yells, I think he only yell yells like maybe three times in this movie. Mm-hmm. It has that much more impact because you get this is not a guy that does that. This is not a man who acts this way. He doesn't, you know, even as even when he's giving out orders, it's you're just going to do it. Do, you're going to do it. Uh, and, and Civil War, when he has that little back and forth between him and Captain America, and he says, do you really think you're going to be able to save your friend from me? It's not a, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rip his neck off and crap down his throat. It's matter of but, fact. But, but I mean, just, it also speaks to this... this Culturally, the soft-spoken nature of African people, mm-hmm. as opposed to African Americans, mm-hmm. there's a very, very different kind of behavior. That, and then that, add that, in that, the idea of authority that he is a king, that this is a royal man in charge, mm-hmm. well, and he yeah, can't like, be out raving. As his father said, he's been prepared for the throne since he was a child. Right. So he's going to be a, a man that is keeping it inside, not going to let everything on his on it on his heart. But his actions in the movies, sometimes even quiet actions, gave me a lot of character stuff. I know what you said at the end there. Why couldn't he heal Killmonger and sort of like bridge well, he, that divide he again? He wanted to bring him back into right. the family. But I think there's also a sense of what Killmonger's, Killmonger's choice. Yeah, Killmonger said, well, he wanted to honor that choice of his. He says, here's the option. I can, I can take you, but no, this is not best at this point now to let this... You know, let this be. 
Uh, he as a character, you know, I enjoyed, I thought was very, very good. Um, because they, again, character things were small. Like I was talking to Ed in the car. I said, you know, there's that one moment when they're in the beginning of the movie after they've picked up Lupita Nyong'o and they go back to Wakanda. And it's just, it's a shot that could have been completely, let's go, we have time. We, yeah, we need a couple more minutes for whatever. And it's, Lupita Nyong'o is there. He's sitting down in that aircraft and she's, she's grabbing his arm and their hands are touching. And I said, that's all I need to know about their relationship. It was very subtle. Yeah. The relationship thing was very subtle. Yeah. But strong and present. It wasn't so much it was like blink and you miss it. It was, okay, I get, uh, I see what's happening between these two characters. And I think it's also beautiful that like, you know, that, you know, black culture gets to actually have that. They get to actually have the the act was, of romance in a major film as opposed to being the maid or as opposed to being the person that's the sideline to the two white people having a romance. Or it was like, something. I, I call the it the... Not angry. Yeah. I call or, it the... This is, this is a Castle, Casablanca moment for African Americans. I wish it, went, it didn't take this long for that to happen. But it's a moment, right? But it's a, it's it's a, a beautiful moment. It's a deep cultural moment. The thing is, is that I, I feel like... The reason that this movie is important is that black people now get to own intelligence, creativity, you know, they get to own their hip hop culture. I mean, there was this beautiful graffiti, color, colored graffiti on, on the walls of the city, which was interlaced with all of this incredible technology and, 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 and beauty and, and, and pride and, 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 you know, the, the fact that. Yes, you know, black people have deep romantic moments. Yeah, just, and ju- not just, just like other people. And do. not just sex, romance. 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 Yeah. Not, not simply <laughs> not simply Wesley not simply Wesley Snipes in a movie trying to get it on with some JLo. JLo or light or you know, nothing oh, like that. A light it was, girl. And that's two, the other thing. Two dark skinned. That people. was the other thing about this. Yeah. These were I again, we may not be the right people to even begin to discuss these. No, these I'm issues. not worthy to but have this discussion. However, but we're having this discussion. However, as something that is noticeable that I have heard other black people talk about, Lupita, Lupita Nyongo is pure chocolate. I'm not being sexual, Ed. You, I like the chocolate, um, <laughs> but she well, is. But, but also, dark, it, this is than, also dispelling the myth, which is hundreds of years old, that goes back to the origins of slavery. Right. You know that black people are sex obsessed. You know. Are they more sex obsessed than the guy who's sitting in the White House or any of his White House staff? You know, I mean, or the fact that the beauty could be something that, again, that you know, no offense to Halle Berry, but Lupita Nyong'o is not Halle Berry. No, she's a beautiful African woman. Yes, it is this sort of like here is this, and then the man ends up. There are a lot of black women in this country who have a lot of issues with their presentation in media, and the fact that you know, darker skin does not seen as often. As or that they're, be. they're lightened in magazines. Exactly. Or that in the case of Beyonce's sister, her hair gets cut off for right. the benefit <laughs> of the title. In the case title. of OJ, it's darkened on the uh, Time on Magazine. Yeah. 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 That sort of yeah. thing. It's the sort of thing where in this was, no, Ch- you, Chadwick Boseman is as chocolate as they come. That's She's right. as dark as they come. Everyone's surrounding them. I, before it's just, we get I into- mean, to me, it was just, it was just incredible to see an, an entire cast of black people who are not portrayed as prostitutes or criminals. You know, it's just this... This uh, and this, uh, this, this so ownership well. of the identity, you know, of black people, which which have been kept literally in a cage for you know uh, a long, long time. If only President Palmer were president of the United States. <laughs> now about. 
Now about the, um, I'd like to flip it over because there are two white actors, um, yeah, yeah. on the marquee uh, with this and movie. Drug um, useless. you have you have Martin Freeman, the the Hobbit, uh, and of uh, and of Sherlock uh, fame, of course, uh, and, and the great Andy Serkis. Who um, let's can we Please. let's let's talk about Andy Serkis's Ulysses Claw. From a, but you'd have to give a little bit of history of, uh, about Ulysses Claw. Well, there's a difference from the comic book as he is in the, in the movie. In the comic books, Claw is much more of a main... Although he has slipped. This is the thing. Black Panther's enemies early on, um, he had a handful of, of black ones. Um, his main one was like Claw. That was his Joker, his Lex Luthor. Mm-hmm. But as time has gone on, I think people really have sort of like... Mm, I, you know, if, why can't we have a great black villain for Black Panther to face off and make it about oh, other things? what some people were saying to you online? Or? I, I thought, it, well, again, as, as, as the, as time has gone on, um, that's sort of been, it's like, you know, let's put more effort into those characters, put more meat on their bones. Something about the history, not, not recent. Yeah, not, not the movies per se. You know, the, yeah, the yeah, yeah. So, um... In the in the comics, Claw has a very important of strategic importance in the Black Panther mythos because he is the one who killed his father. It is very different than what was presented in the in the films. Claw kills Black Panther's father, and that's what gives him his sort well, of well. Who friend. killed Black Panther's father in the in the terrorist? And the and that was Zemo in the uh, uh, Civil War in the Civil War movie. Okay. Okay. So they kind of like robbed him of that placement. That said, Circus is circus circus is brilliant at this point he's no he's you know he he can do no good he can do no wrong he's absolutely positively wonderful all right there's a meme out there that's like i'd like to know i i i want his mixtape <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, the mixtape name. That's good. Yeah. He was used well. Um, actually, he said, "Yeah, man, I'm on SoundCloud." <laughs> he said, I'm not, li- I'm, not, "I'm not interested in listening to your record." <laughs> I want the vibranium. Well, can I ask so you a question now? Now, did were anyone disappointed that the fact now we already talked about Killmonger, um, you know, eating it here, and you know, that's a little disappointing in that he was such a good villain, and then. Claw's dead too. And you know, the lifeblood of superheroes are their villains. And if you get rid of like two really good ones you've managed to create in your first film, while, yeah, you can do other things for the sequel, it's just like, ah. Uh, well, I don't know. T'Challa rose up. Who's, who's to say, who's to say exactly? It's Kong Kong stuff. When rose, the rise it's up. Go- you don't really know that he's dead. You just see a, like a long pan away from the two of them. You assume mm-hmm. that he's, he's been allowed to die. And, and this gets into one final character, which we didn't talk about. Um, <laughs> who is a villain in the comics and has developed in other ways, who was, no, 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 who is, who is, as a character, oh, is very, okay. could have been very touchy. Now, Bob, um, uh, Winston Duke is in this film, is M'Baku. Now, they get a great introduction when Call we... by his real name, M'Baku, the man-ape. M'Baku, the man-ape. And M'Baku, the man-ape, is his name in comics. Now, as you can imagine... For a live-action film in the 21st century, having a character who is an African called the Man-Ape... Well, I mean, not is... only that, I mean, you had... Was it the Gap with the little monkey or Target? Or <laughs> had to pull that yeah, down. exactly. It is... It, it's but, you know, I, I mean, I think that that's a complete accident. I Now, I think the fact that you have, like, a King Kong-sized gorilla at the entrance to the guy's cave <laughs> and that they're all, you know, basically... They're the mountain gorillas. That's chanting the, uh, like gorillas. But but the thing is, is that 
that isn't necessarily racist. I mean, because, you know, you have, oh, yeah, absolutely. You have human beings taking on bird calls and you have human beings taking on the roar of a lion oh, and all and kinds this is, of and things. And this is common in comic book stuff where you have characters, Spider-Man. The, the, the embodiment of Spider-Man animals, Man the embodiment of exactly. bugs, the embodiment so of birds. So, of course, it's yeah. Africa. Why not have that? But I understand. It's the thing is, as a character, I'm telling you right now, Bob, you could have knocked me off. If someone had told me, Miguel, you're going to see this Black Panther movie and um, M'Baku, the man-ape, you are going to absolutely, <laughs> there is not a lot that, you know, he's been developed a little more in recent years in the comics, but there's not. And Winston Duke, you said before, oh, they got to put out a call to all the black actors. You got to be in this movie. I think everyone brings their A game in this movie. Everyone brings their A game. They're wonderful. He, however, is the one where you say he is having a ball. <laughs> he is having just the he's biggest fun it. in this role. And they've written it in a certain way. And you're like, I want to see more in Baku. I want to see more in Baku. I think there's I mean, enough there you, to go to any Don't you wish area. that the world was more like that? Where like two kings and two leaders could like stand in front of each other after years and yeah. years of torment? No, and 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 have a laugh. And, oh, and that, even that, having beaten the crap out of each other. <laughs> even having defeated it, but you know, he, he defeated him with respect, right. you know? And I think that the problem with, um, you know, warfare in which it's, conducted in today's you know military militarized world that we live in there is no respect and there's also a glorification of war in in most american films you know that it's there's the, this hero worship behind it and it's not it's about money and it's about land and it's and it's about some kind of political positioning i mean there are so many wars that have happened in the last 50 years that have nothing to do with threat Right. They have to do everything to do with geopolitics. I've I've recently engaged in a lot of like uh, I've, I haven't aside from the movies there hasn't been much for me to watch, so I binged on uh, recently Victoria with uh, with Jenna Coleman. Oh, Prior yeah. to that, The Crown. I binged on The Crown. Right. So yeah. So and you know you get a perspective, a very uh, soap operaish perspective on monarchy, right? You know, um, and if there's anything missing from the Black Panther, it's you know, it's democracy, really. So it makes you makes you consider, you know, is that what the whole isolationist um, uh, uh, argument is? Like, as soon as this gets Dude, out, they're, they're all right. They're well, all right. let me let me just say Borders. this: before the film came out, uh, one of my prime issues going with the, with the, hearing that this film is going to be made was, and you know, I said, well, Bob Iger. Marvel, they showed some real courage. Not just that they took a risk. No, they took some no, courage. courage. They, they took real, courage. Real courage. To, to pushing, make this film and pushing, have it not be neutered. The thing is, is that you see courage every now and then, every couple decades. You saw courage with the Supreme Court, Brown versus the Board of Education, you know, where basically the Supreme Court was advocating 50 years before America was ready for there to be desegregation, you know? I think you see the same kind of courage yeah, with Bogart. This is a guy who's forward thinking, who says, this is where society is going. You know, people should not people should not have to be should not have to be, um, you know, pegged against each other. White people and black people, men and women, stray and gay people, uh, gay and straight people, they they shouldn't be pegged against one another. They and I'm going they to shouldn't be I'm in competition put my money where my mouth is. I'm going to you know, we're going to spend the cash. We're going to we're going to accomplish this, and. Um, again, we said the politics of Killmonger and all the rest of that stuff. Absolutely wonderful. Uh, and another thing was you were saying the isolationism. 
they from the comics had to deal with that. In taking this from the four color panel and putting it out in a big budget film, they had to confront the isolationism issue. And and not and because otherwise Wakanda then becomes too much of a fairy tale utopia. You put these things in sort of a three dimensions, put real people in the roles, and then you start saying, well, what would their reaction be? What would this and that then yields drama, it yields interesting ideals, it yields again saying, I, I, if I'm taking this story seriously, what are ramifications going? Again, going forward for let's say a sequel for this film. Uh, well, so where a, where would you? I mean, it's speaking to a uniquely American issue. Not to go political right now, but I mean, you know, we are, we like we other countries in, in the world. Do we do? Well, that? Are, are are we going to try to push back history a hundred years? We're in a global society. Everybody is connected. Right. Why? Why would you? Why you would can't you can't put up a wall? You can't put up a wall. You can't be isolationist. It's just ridiculous. I mean, we we, we where... just tore down a wall twenty years ago. Well, really, there is there are no um, as a technology person. You know, I mean, there really are no walls. Um, That's the other thing. Yeah, it's like as soon <laughs> as no, I mean, I, I, I mean, look at look at cryptocurrency. The only reason that we have walls in currency and that people are like you know filching pennies and dollars from us in, in transactions is because of these perceived borders between countries, which is ridiculous. So, you know, we have the same kinds, we have the same kinds of, of resentment towards completely opening up to a, a global decentralized currency that we have to basically open up to the idea of intelligent people from other countries coming here and contributing <laughs> to our melting pot, which we have had. We'd like to tell the audience that if I mean, you, if you Steve want Jobs, to sponsor the, Steve the Jobs podcast is Syrian. with Bitcoin. <laughs> Steve Jobs is a Syrian refugee and an orphan. Elon Thank Musk you. is African. And he, he, he's South African. Yeah, exactly. So, By the way, Bob, may I, uh, is there some way that I can subscribe to your newsletter? <laughs> I don't have a newsletter. <laughs> um, uh, I would like to just uh, uh, finish up. Do you want to start my newsletter? I'm start your newsletter. <laughs> Did you have some questions? Some things that you wanted to no, ask? No, no, no. I, uh, uh, I, I'd like to just uh, uh, wrap this up here because I know you're a busy man. you got to get on your way. Um, uh, where do you want to see this go in the future in the Marvel Universe either wider because obviously Black Panther will be appearing in Infinity War and its sequel uh, but also in his own films going forward uh, like the next film if you could if you could write direct or whatever how what would you like to see so I'll start with you Bob what would you like to see this series this franchise go in what I, direction I, you know I was thinking about that at the end of the film yesterday I mean I would love to see a sort of utopian version of how the vision of Dachala could spread to the world. The i the idea of of that there there can be mutual respect amongst countries all over the world, and it, and that if everybody has access to housing, resources, resources power, technology. I mean, it's amazing, you know, I mean, even if you if you want to look at the impact of China on Africa, you know, the fact that like China and Germany got in there about 10 or 12 years ago and started installing LTE towers like all over uh, the continent of Africa, that that has had more of an impact than than all the billions and billions of dollars that have been put into like, you know, bags of grain that have been dropped on the ground, which to some extent actually have a negative impact on the economies of the countries because it basically it 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 undercuts the actual indigenous mm -hmm. um, 
And there's the graph that goes with it. And the graph that goes with it. But <laughs> but the interesting thing is, is just the introduction of that technology meant that Africans could have a bank account without mm-hmm. without having to pay absolutely mm-hmm. exorbitant fees because there's so few banks in Africa mm-hmm. that, you know, and the idea of microloans, you know. Um, well, y- at you the know, end coming, of the film, there so, is so, a sense so that I've, he so is I've, going to do that, right? I mean, like at well, the end of the movie, yes. he is doing that. He right. is doing that at the end of the movie. So, you know, if... if if the end of that movie is planting the seed, what I would love to see are all the flowers that mm-hmm. emerge all over the world as a result of the effect of Wakanda on the planet. John, uh, where, do you, where do you see the, the, the franchise going, the next film, both within the wider Marvel Universe and within his own movies? What would you, what would you like? Well, we all know what's going to happen next movie. He's going to tear off uh, Trump's head. Okay, all right. Okay, thanks, okay that's, that is definitely $20 in the politics jar. Thank I'm now, you, John. I'm now officially skipping you. Thanos. But hey, you know, just, just so you know, I only had like three words in this whole discussion. <laughs> I'm sorry And you chose him well. My- <laughs> well, John. Thank you. My uh, review of this movie is... No Mississippi Jim. It's... It's Martin Luther King versus Malcolm X. That's, that's <laughs> and not uncommon trope in comic book movies. Uh, You're talking about X-Men. Ed, yeah. Edward, uh, where do so, you see... Um, I, you know, I, um, I, I'm a Christian. And um, I... But at the same time, I think there's a, huge, there's a real irony to how I feel um, in contrast to my beliefs, but also as a fanboy as well. Um, and I think Bob, you you know you you present a very um, half glass full um, type of perspective. You know, um, yeah. As a Christian, I, I, maybe I'm I'm very attracted to the 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 Judeo Christian theologies because um, John Calvin had had presented well. One of his tenets is that, uh, and they call uh, um, is the depravity of of humanity. You know, um, I'm a naf- I'm a half I'm a glass half empty kind of a guy is that it's it's and it just explains a lot for me you know why are people the way they are you know regardless of whether you're um a a, wom- a womanizing president or well hold on hold on hold on I'm, well meaning that you know um do I want to see a Black Panther sequel that's, you know, yeah, you know, the, the, the continuation of a, a, a black aspiring superhuman um, uh, for kids to aspire to, who not only that, but is also a philanthropist who uh, who's out there to build a, a utopic society. That'd be great. But um, but I I don't see humanity going at some point. Heroes are gonna are, are gonna are gonna. I feel like heroes are gonna fail us at some point. Okay. Well, I mean, Batman failed, right? Yeah. Bruce Wayne failed a lot. Yeah. I think you're putting a lot. Well, again, this goes back to what I was saying before. You're putting a lot of weight on the shoulders of a of a. Well, because film here, Miguel, I think we're because getting the, Miguel, the, I, I, we've said many times on this show, these are our myths. You I know, know and, you're are, say, and you're and so you're like almost super, saying like, it as though it were a real the whole thing. Superman discussion. Yeah. You know? I, I look look. I, I know. I, I was just like, where? What? What? What do you want to see in the sequel? I'm just like, what do you want to see in the sequel? What, I know what we're going to see in the sequel. Okay. is that they're going to fight aliens? We know this from Infinity War. You know, which by the way, I don't know that have, that they're going to fight. That's Infinity War. I'm talking about Black Panther. What do you? You know, well, what is, listen. You know, we've seen the trailer where you know it's 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 um, Captain America running along side by side. Right, with, right. With in Black Infinity, War, Infinity War. Right, right. But right, I mean, you know. like for 
his franchise. Again, there are two things. I said the wider Marvel Universe, that's Infinity is there, War. Is there a possibility that the impact that this film has had kind of like societally wide might actually affect what they choose to write? Absolutely. The it, it, it doesn't depending. necessarily have to be drawn from... One of the stories. No, the box it? office will definitely yeah. dictate a lot will, of things. Will, will, box offices will, will dictate, dictate, dictate everything. I mean, I, and of course, you know, like like political campaigns, movies have are just focus grouped out the a hole, right? You know, so it could be that like the thing that resonates most deeply. Well, with the, let me put it this way: as with, I a, said, with a particular group, if is, they didn't is have the any philanthropic right. effort that he makes at the end of the film, or, or any other element that might have popped more than they would have imagined. You know, once they got that assembly cut that together. they weren't even expecting. Exactly. Again, for me, M'Baku. I cannot believe that they will not bring more M'Baku in that next film, however they choose to go about it. Because he's a somewhat gray character. You could go villainous with him. You could go antagonist with him. You could go ally with him. Um, because at the end of the day, we also want a really good story. And like, you yes. know... Um, it can preach all at once, but if it doesn't entertain or if it doesn't present resonate, some sort of some sort of conflict, or, you know, like where's that going to come from? We've already seen uh, the conflict from within, you know, like um, my my father's and her fa- and and his fathers before him have lied to me, you know, oh uh, yeah, blah blah blah, whatever. Um, so where where do I want to see? Yeah, it'd be great if if it continues on. If he continues on st- this stoic um, goodness. Uh, and, and present that to society. We're no longer isolationists. You know, we are here to present the solution to everyone. But we know that from uh, literary history, there really is no such thing as as. Well, as, that's as that's what we've society. always said about you know, as God loves Gene Roddenberry and his um, and his vision for Star Trek. But everyone who worked on him with him, mostly for Star Trek: The Next Generation, says his. His idea, and this maybe goes to your idea of sort of sharing a utopia and all the rest of that, is unworkable for drama. You need conflict. You need. You cannot necessarily, again, which goes by my idea that they, they well, showed for, conflict for, for, for about dr- the isolationism of Wakanda saying it wasn't a utopia, that there were issues. Rather than it just being, it's perfect and there's, you know, we don't, no, it's like... Mm, I, but no, I, don't, th- I don't think that that... I, I, I don't think that the fact that he is trying to lean towards altruism and he's trying to lean towards sharing ideas and sharing power and sharing technology with the world is not going to be without its problems. Right. Yes. I mean, there's there's always. I mean, you know, we live in a society where, where we are always sharing light with darkness. Right. Always. And in always. our stories, and it, that should And it be has apparent. always been that way, and is the, it is the nature of humanity. If you go back to original sin, if you go back to the history of Buddhism, it is always about a struggle between darkness and light. And, and I think that the greatest myths, you know... Deal with th- that. Throughout civilization, yeah. throughout Indian civilization, Greek civilization, Roman civilization, you know, English civilization, you can see these, these conflicts between dark characters who are in, in some kind of way flawed, right? Uh, John, what would uh, what would Navajo say about the two wolves? Every man has two wolves. The wolves of anger and the wolves of hope. Which wolf will you feed? Exactamundo. Did, did Is that a Doritos commercial? <laughs> <laughs> tight ad. That's a tight ad. Uh, for myself, where I would like to see this go just completely, um, you know, get into the end here, 
I th- as I was looking huh, at what's this, that, mo- Mississippi Jim. <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, as I was looking, let at me th- tell you about this movie. <laughs> <laughs> what, I, what I saw in this movie um, going forward, what I hope happens with the franchise is this: I see that they have set T'Challa up, and this is very interesting in my mind, to be the new Captain America. Mm. He is the true-hearted hero in a cynical world. Um, the film reflects the tone of the Captain America films. This wasn't Ant-Man, it wasn't Thor Ragnarok. Its tone was within the, 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 the tonality of, say, the first Iron Man film or the Captain America films. There's funny stuff, but it doesn't undermine anything. Mm-hmm. And so um, I have to wonder how that is going to affect what the stories are, how they're going to do that in the future. I think he is being set up, interestingly, to replace Chris Evans char- as that character. Captain America, uh, as, yeah. yeah. Again, the, the true square-jawed hero. However, this presents an issue with people who want him from the comics because in the comics, they've established for the wider audience who has no idea about the comic books, Black Panther in this first film. That's the mass American audience. That's what they think of Black Panther now forever, probably. Mm-hmm. However, in the books, he is a much more gray, much more nuanced character. He's sometimes very ruthless. He's very forward-thinking about things. He's prickly. Like any king. You know? But that's the thing. Will they go that if they want him to be the Captain America? Will they allow him to have that grayness? Will they allow him to have that? I think that that depends on whether the literary aspects of this film win out. If they do win out, then that means that there's going to be another opportunity for a Shakespearean-style story to happen in the next film. As opposed to a cutout story. And a lot of the Marvel... Movies, yeah, to be are. honest, are pretty much, you know, paper characters. Yeah. These are not paper characters. That's what was so great about this film. It was so human. You totally got behind these characters. The performances were all there. Yeah. You 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 bought the, they did they did the first thing any of these fantasy films does, which is you gotta buy into this world. And you once you were there, nothing undercut that. And then nothing undercut the characters who were doing that. So there no, no one was a buffoon. And there were no, no over the top dramatic performances either. Not that uh, I saw. These were quality actors at, at top of their game. I could have done with some scenery. Youthful. Hey, ham, ham can be, ham can be tasty. Ham can be tasty. But you're right. They, they a lot. You know, Mbaku is probably the biggest one who was like, and to a degree maybe. I just, I just love. I just was a love little, the uh, fact that there weren't these like Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sylvester Stallone, like you know, <laughs> Hollywood catchphrases. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even hear one in the film, and that was so beautiful. Thankful. You know. Yes. Yes. <laughs> And they've been, they've been trying very hard to move away from that, you know. Um, like at most, <laughs> you I know think... what's made them move away from that? Television. Episodic Ex- drama, which Ex- is Netflix. literary, Excellent. has forced Hollywood to yep. their knees. Netflix yep. Because has, they could yeah, get away with bullshit for decades of just doing these ridiculous, like, poorly constructed... You know, sort of like one-liner. You know, wink at the camera. Insurance, exactly, exactly. (laughs) I hope you have insurance. (laughs) And 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 it's not that there's. And again, it's not that there's not funny stuff in this film. I think one of my favorite funny moments is actually with T'Challa. And again, it doesn't undermine him. Is that whole moment, the whole cue moment with the two costumes, and she says, "Hit it," and it was like, "Okay, hit it again." He's like, "Why are why why are you recording this?" Like, no, just no, just you know, do social media. Just moment. no, just 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 record it. And he was like, yeah. erase that immediately. <laughs> I thought that that I don't worked know. great. My my favorite my, my favorite moment was when uh, 
was when the when the CIA agent comes up and she goes, "Oh, colonist," and and then she says, "Don't touch anything," which was like such a great reversal for a black woman to say to the white guy who's a CIA agent, "Don't touch anything," because you know what? You're not as sophisticated as me, and you don't like, know where, where you are. You're in Kansas. <laughs> you're in Kansas. Kansas. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Hey, if I might ask, um, yeah, what what are you watching these days? Um, I just finished Mosaic, Steven Soderbergh thing. Okay. Uh, on HBO, which I absolutely adore. I'm rewatching Game of Thrones for the second time with my girlfriend, who, who just uh, you should have been on the show. <laughs> uh, who just got maybe we'll have another. She just got inculc- inculcated into that world. Um, I can't wait to see Mudbound because Mary J. Blige is in there, uh-huh. and uh, love Mary so much. Um, trying to think what else. Um, what is what is that movie with um, uh, Taraji? Um, she's um, a, um, a Mary something Mary. Taraji P. Henson. Uh, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? I, I don't know anything about that. I've seen yeah. I've seen some billboards around around town uh, for before that. Before we before we let you go out into the uh, into the into the wilderness, into the wilderness of, of New York City. After we do a catch and release here, um, uh, is there any any future work you feel the need to uh, let the public know about? Any your website and all the rest? Well, to... only that I just got finished mixing this the score for this film called Cam, which is going to be the next big release by Blumhouse. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty excited about that. And uh, and the composer that I worked with, Gavin Brevik, has just been nominated for an Oscar for his work on uh, on my nephew Emmett, which um, I'm really like fingers crossed. I hope that uh, that Gavin gets the Oscar. That would be really really great. Yeah. Uh, well, Bob, uh, this wraps up our Black Panther. Sp- Hold on. Um, he wants to sum up the uh, the, the movie. Um, okay. What did you think of Black Panther, Clark? There's two Black Panthers, but different color. One is purple and one is yellow. And and which one was your favorite? Both. <laughs> okay, <laughs> good, good. He's going to be a politician one day. <laughs> well said, he, 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 he He's covering all his bases. Um, uh we really would like to thank Jonathan for bringing Bob here today. Uh, this was a, a, a great treat. Um, I My conception of the show, when we do these sort of things, Bob, is always, it's not about telling people this was a good movie you should go see. As fanboys, it's about the conversation. Me and Ed always say, it's not about trying to convince someone that this was good or this was bad or you should not. It's just, let's have a discussion about the show. And my lord, Bob. You delivered today for us. Oh, thank you. I think you I, delivered I, today. I had, a, big time. I had a wonderful water cooler experience with all of you guys. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is good. what we. This is what nerds do. I, I, I can. I, I'm a nerd. I, exactly. Yeah, there's self-admitted. No, there's 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 no doubt that you know there is a certain type that you know attaches themselves to these sort of things that just you know there are music nerds, there are film nerds, there are just general, and it's just we love the minutia. We love getting into that may not people that, you know, people may go to this movie and it may even be better this way that they just saw it as that's ah, a great superhero action film. And that in itself is a triumph because it is saying, yeah, it was a black cast, but no one, no one cared. It was like, I just wanted to see a great superhero movie. This is what happened. To, was this black? Well, I just wanted cast? to be taken away from the mundane aspects exactly. of my day to day life. So that yeah. there's that. But then there are those uh, like us who always like to go into the deep cut. Well, you and, guys definitely went into the deep cut And you went into today. the deep cut with us here, Bob. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, I'm just so happy, to, uh, finally, to have you on. Oh, it's um, my pleasure. It's great know, to be here. From beginning, you know, like, I, I've had, had a personal stake in Jonathan's life, you know, because I've known him since he was nine. 
And Ed is a great dear friend of mine. And then like um, so is my, everyone here is a great dear friend. My <laughs> clerk is a great. And then for him to to have you as his mentor, you know, we're just really grateful. Oh um, yeah, well you know, Jonathan's had a profound impact on my life too. Yeah, I mean, it goes both ways. It's a, a deep, deep friendship we've had for a long time. Yeah, so we really thank you for for having you on board today, oh, and uh, please do come back. What, yeah. what do we what do we got uh, what do we got coming up? Do we even know what the hell we're doing next? Uh, that's we're gonna have a meeting after. We're gonna have to have a meeting about that. <laughs> okay, so as always, here from Pancake Studios. This is this was to be continued a fanboy podcast. We covered your fanboy passions. Join us next time, and until next time, to, to be, be continued. continued. Uh, I'm Clark, and I will say two today. Don't edit that. I love it. It's beautiful. Hey guys, thanks for listening to To Be Continued, a fanboy podcast. Our website is www.tobecontinuedafanboypodcast. Check us out on iTunes, Google Play, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.